Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Bible and Breakfast with Basketball Dads. I'm really excited today to be joined by Tim Potter. Uh, Tim is a, a pastor of a church in Mentor, Ohio, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about his family in a little bit, but he's been a, a great uh, great encouragement to me over the past few years and uh, has a really kind of a really neat thing going uh, with his family right now. So uh, Tim, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to see you again. Good to be here. It's an honor. Yeah, so uh, obviously this being Bible and Breakfast and you being a pastor, I would love if you would maybe take a couple minutes and either share uh, a challenge with us or something God's really been working on you with your heart lately, um, just to encourage everyone listening. Yeah, that'd be great. I, um, When you guys asked me to go ahead and participate, I was... Um, uh, super passionate about just the theme verse that uh, we had with our kids from the time that um, we knew where their skill sets were probably headed um, athletically and whether it was musically or athletically um, or whether they were more STEM kids, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, whatever their skill set was, we just wanted to have a verse that uh, guided it and directed their hearts um, to keep the Lord prioritized in their lives. And um, first of all, obviously, the our goal was to have them come to know Christ as their Savior and at a young age and then grow in Him. But uh, by God's grace, they all came to know Him, and they uh, continue to walk with Him. Uh, but the, the verse that we memorized together early, and we quoted often together was uh, Matthew chapter six and verse 33. We know that's kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew. And uh, there were um, multiple things in that chapter that we would focus on, but that family verse was, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And we had a little uh, jingle, a little song that we sang uh, every night together uh, while they were little, all the way through junior high school. And we'd quote that verse. And uh, to this day, on all four of their social media uh, bios, which I didn't tell them to do, uh, that verse is on all those bios. And they continue to, by God's grace, live by that verse. And so a couple reasons why I like that passage of scripture, pretty much, you know, really the context in verses 25 to 34 there in Matthew 6 is because the context um, outlines uh, two kinds of seekers. And in verse 32, it says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek for all these things. And in that context, all these things would be you know, basic needs for life. Uh, they seek for food, clothing, shelter. Um, that word seek is a super strong word. Uh, they really dedicate their lives to living for the temporal, for living for what they can see. And of course, all that they enjoy are good gifts from God to them, uh, to, to draw them uh, to the Lord. Um, and the second kind of seekers there in, in verse 33 that we already quoted, uh, but seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So both kind of seekers, I would teach the kids, are, are very passionate about finding a life to live, uh, finding an environment to expend their energy and explore uh, what they felt was their ultimate purpose in life. And um, it's clear that one has something to live for that's temporary. And it's also clear that one has something to live for that's, uh, that's eternal. And um, so we taught them that uh, if they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior, that he becomes their number one priority. And that uh, word first in Matthew 6, 33, there's couple words for the word first in the New Testament. Uh, one is the Greek word chronos, the other one is protos. And one is where we get our English word chronology, another one priority. And so uh, Matthew 6.33 is protos, it's priority. So how do we prioritize uh, our lives in, in relationship to um, spiritual things and living for something that's eternal rather than uh, dedicating our lives for, for that which is temporary? And then, as I said before, uh, what um, those who are uh, without Jesus, you know, seek for is in verse 31, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear for clothing. And then obviously the Lord's uh, priorities there in verse 33 are uh, his kingdom and his righteousness. So, um, I would explain to the kids uh, that his kingdom and his righteousness are obviously eternal motivations for living, but we would define those a little bit more um, specifically. I would say his kingdom is about the souls, um, they're about the people that have given their life to Christ. And then his righteousness is attached to that. So our purpose is to give our lives to Christ and then in each one of the environments, wherever God puts you on a team, um, whether it be summer team, school team, uh, and now college teams, to uh, live your faith, be that light where you can try to win at least one soul to Christ to add to that kingdom number. And I said, the way you're going to do that is by seeking first not only that desire to replicate yourself spiritually by being a good witness, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Um, and we would talk in the Sermon on the Mount, the same Sermon on the Mount. What do you mean by that, Dad? You know, seek his righteousness. Said, well, that's the character of God that you live after you become one of those numbers in his kingdom in Christ. And I said, you know, Jesus said in the same uh, context, um, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and come to glorify your father that's in heaven. I said, so this is going to be a hard road, kids. I would always teach them from when they were young that this is a very, very difficult road. And as they uh, increased in their skill and they increased their, their personal skill, athletic skill, and they increased in their personal walk with the Lord, and they grew in godliness, we could see that that road was going to be a very, very difficult road uh, to walk and to maintain. And as they got better and better and even better, it became more difficult. I know that's kind of hard to grasp and understand um, for some, uh, but we found out that 
you know, being a second level seeker, really that, that Matthew 633 seeker uh, is a road very few travel. Um, you know, Jesus was very clear that, you know, broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. Few there be that find it. Again, that's another mystery that I'll leave up to God, what that, what that is or why that is. Uh, but if you're on that narrow way, uh, you do live a righteous life. And we would walk the kids through um, elementary, junior high, high school, and now college and post-college, um, what it means to grow in Christ's likeness and, and be that light and to certainly win more spiritual battles than, uh, than they lose. And uh, over time, we've seen the Lord uh, certainly bless their efforts. Um, they have seen a handful of teammates and friends uh, come to know Christ. Uh, as they do, they disciple those kids and they seek to be a spiritual light on their campuses. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, there's really no, there's no spiritual success for our kids in, in, in public college campuses and on higher level sports teams without being that passionate seeker of um, living the righteous character of that kingdom they've been placed in because of Christ, because it becomes a very, very, very lonely environment. Um, when our kids were uh, getting close to making their college choices and we thought that they might have uh, some uh, semi-pro or pro careers after college, uh, we were put in contact with uh, a friend of ours, Bob Tebow, which is uh, Tim Tebow's dad. And, and obviously Tim's ahead of our kids a little bit in age. And so I called him and I said, Hey, listen, um, give me three things that uh, I can hang my hat on spiritually. Uh, if my kids are able to go as far as Tim has in, in sports. And I said, there's no guarantee for any of that. We know how small that window is of, of opportunity, but, but if they can, what do I do? What do I remember? What do I hold on to? And what he said was the number one thing was just really fascinating to me. Um, he said, Tim, just prepare them to live life alone. And he wasn't talking in relationship to marriage. He was talking about in relationship to relationships. I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, listen, uh, I know you're probably thinking, you know, it never looks like Tim's alone. He said, but uh, his faith there's a lot of times that he would um, have to live alone. Uh, no one has really wanted to live with him because he wasn't involved in all those things that go on on public college campuses that, you know, don't please the Lord. And he would drive to practice alone, leave practice alone. And he said after those microphones left him at media uh, opportunities, he would just be alone. And, um, Obviously, he had a lot of good friends, he told me, and, and he had some, uh, you know, acquaintances that, that last. He said, but generally, uh, the higher you go in sport and you and you live a Christian testimony, he said, no matter how much you love people and they know you love them, you're going to be alone. So just try to be that light for Christ. Uh, grab a handful of souls along the way as you continue to grow in righteousness. And uh, for our son who played Division One baseball and then one playing basketball, one playing Division One football. And our daughter now, who 
is entering her senior year of high school is going to be running division one track or playing division one soccer. That, that has been true. Uh, that has been altruistically true. That's become axiomatically true. It's not that they have sought to be isolated uh, because we're always out there trying to build redemptive relationships. But generally speaking, there's been two kinds of, you know, athletes that they've been around that don't know Jesus. There's been ones that are uh, a little bit more abrasive. Uh, and there's been some that are very respectful. There's been some that have said, you know what, I'm not, don't want to be your roommate. You know, um, I don't want to do this, don't want to do that, because I respect your faith and I respect your beliefs and I don't want you to be uncomfortable. So there's been some really super kind uh teammates. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, it's a life that that is just what Jesus said. It's a narrow. It's uh, the gospel is not popular. It never will be popular. Uh, people don't have any problem intellectually understanding Jesus. But, you know, um, Andrew, as well as I do, surrendering their will and letting him take the controls of their life is, is another thing. Uh, but that text uh, that text has been a tremendous anchor for our kids, understanding who their priority is in salvation and then what their priority is in, in living righteously and um, not in an unkind legalistic way, but just in a Christ-like way, just developing uh, that character of light. And, and uh, so we would divide uh, that text up as I wrap up here into just three simple words. I would say relationship. I would take him through those verses and um, talk about the use of the word father in there. Kids, no matter where you walk in life, you always, you never walk it alone because you always have a father who is in heaven. And this father cares for you very, very, very uh, lovingly and comprehensively in that passage. And I would try to uh, constantly, and I still do remind them uh, constantly about that relationship uh, with their father. And uh, then when I, I would talk about uh, their faith, you know, that there's always a constant development of the embodiment of their faith, what they know about the Bible, what they know about Bible doctrine. And uh, if we're going to go wider in our influence for Jesus through sports, then you've got to go equally as deep in your understanding of God's word. So we don't want to be a mile wide and an inch deep. We always want to be a mile wide and a mile deep in the growing of our faith as we enjoy the lavish love of our Father upon us uh, in our walk. And I would always remind them of that third thing in that text, um, which is their future. Uh, the future for those without Christ is temporary, and the future for those in Christ is eternal. And we would talk about uh, the enjoyment of that future heavenly kingdom uh, with God's people. And uh, those are the, the three principles uh, of that text that continue to remain um, really a wall, spiritual wallpaper in our home and, and in, in our minds and in our hearts as we try to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, father, faith, father, faith, and future. And um, I love it. Uh, hopefully that's encouraging. Hopefully someone else can use that text uh, as an anchor text for the, as they develop their kids in sports too.
Yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that, Tim. I think those those three Fs are are really cool, and obviously, you know, watching. Uh, obviously, I know Mike are the best of your kids, but seeing each of your kids kind of live this out through their college careers. Um, it's been really neat because I, I, I do think they lived that out. It's not something that you taught them and it went out the window when they went to college. But uh, and for those people who don't know, you kind of mentioned it, but you have three sons who played Division One and not just Division One athletics, but high major Division One athletics in three different sports. And you mentioned you have a daughter who is going to play high major Division One uh, in another sport. So you're going to have four kids, four sports. Um, and I just kind of wanted to know a little bit about what did you guys do, you know, as they were growing up? Because we hear about so many brothers like the Plumleys. They all play basketball. They're high-level basketball mm-hmm. players. But but to have all the different sports in your house at a high level, um, just talk to me about what that looked like and how that maybe came about. Well, the kids were all two years apart. I think the most uh, was maybe – 28 months apart, but all were 28 months apart or younger. So it was a challenge. Um, I think that's, again, why Matthew 633 became such a staple text in our home, because we knew that we had to keep the priority of, you know, you always, you know, you've heard it, Andrew, a thousand times, right? Faith, family, football, faith, family, basketball, right? Faith, family, sport. And um, that's a biblical thing. I mean, how do we keep the Lord first? in our personal and our, our obligation to worship and serve in our local church. And then how do we uh, do that without making the family expendable? And then uh, how do we keep faith and family the priority over sport? And um, that takes, takes a lot of prayer. We ask God for a lot of wisdom. But every time we ask for wisdom, right, he gives it to us liberally. And uh, so um, as the kids grew in their ability what we found out was is that a lot of parents hear this, you know, and and, it, and it's really um, it, it's common. I don't, I can't, I'm not going to call it, you know, right or wrong. But when their their coaches at the childhood level are after them to play for their teams, whether it be a local or club team, you know, a lot of times parents get that pressure of, boy, you know you can't skip this tournament because you go to church or we can't, we need you uh, at this game for Wednesday night. We can't, we can't uh, miss out on that for you. And um, uh, we would just tell the coaches uh, before we would sign up for the team that here's our priority list. And we completely understand if you can't take our child and we respect that, but here's, what it's going to be. I think a lot of parents don't do that and they get themselves caught in that, um, not a trap, but they get themselves caught in the schedule of sport versus worship and family. And uh, one way to keep that priority of faith, family, and sport is to just pre-talk, pre-season, pre-signing up, pre-payment, and, uh, and just know that every team that said no to us God provided another team that said yes to us that would allow us to keep that priority. A lot of parents don't trust the Lord. Maybe sometimes um, to ask that question, and sometimes they don't even know that they can ask that question. But I think they need to know that they can ask it, and they need to know that when God takes one opportunity away, he provides something better for them. And uh, uh, and then that, that just became something that we 
we juggled year round. But I can always tell you that God provided. What we did tell the kids was that if your team was in a tournament for baseball uh, or if uh, their ability grew in in basketball, uh, that if they had a, a big tournament and it was out of town, that that mom and dad would schedule their vacation time around that so they wouldn't have to miss that, miss any of it. And uh, we have a network of churches around the country that we work with, and we would find a church to go to in that town, and then we'd go play. Um, so uh, football wasn't as hard uh, because it's, it, you know, it's not taking up a lot of Sundays, you know, uh, it's not taking up a lot of travel, uh, but basketball and baseball, soccer for my daughter and track, not so much track, but soccer, obviously, it can become consuming. So again, going back to Matthew 633, keeping the priorities straight, asking those questions pre-commitment level at the high school level or the club level uh, really, really helped. And God always provided a place for them to play. And that we find out is the people that said yes to our priorities really wanted them for who they were as a person before they wanted them for their talent. And uh, they respected the development of their person, that priority that I had for that. And um, so they were flexible with that. Um, Caleb ended up playing for a club baseball team, number one team in all of the uh, the Midwest for years, or at least the northeast, you know, uh, east of Midwest, the whole northeast out of Pennsylvania. And they said, we respect your priorities. And um, we just basically, if Caleb can come to practice once uh, a month and then show up, at the U-Trip tournaments, whether it be Detroit or Disney or um, wherever, Atlanta, um, we respect that. And so that worked out really, really well for him. Uh, high school baseball wasn't a problem uh, with priorities uh, for worship. And then uh, um, uh, basketball, uh, typically not a, our, our local high school basketball coach took Sunday practices and he moved them to um, 11.30 so that we could worship on Sunday mornings. And he did that just for us. If you ask and you do so with a good spirit, uh, not expecting anything in return, it's interesting how uh, that can set up. And he kept that a priority for other yeah. kids coming through after. Yeah, that's our right. kids. Right. So anyways, there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, I can't imagine balancing all those schedules in the summer. Um, but it's just so cool seeing how, you know, you guys did things with your value system in place. You did things the way uh, you felt was right. And yet, you're, you know, your kids still, you know, Caleb played Division One at West Virginia. Mike played Division One at Ohio State, then transferred to Wisconsin. And then Noah's at Ohio State now playing football, which and then your daughter is going to be at a Big Ten or ACC school probably in the very near future. But yeah. so they still made it, even though, you know, maybe they had to miss some practices or it wasn't always easy. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, also want to just touch base with you. I know if anyone who pays attention to the college basketball world, um, obviously your son Micah played at Ohio State, transferred to Wisconsin, and there was, you know, some waiver things going on where he, he wasn't clear to play right away. And um, I just kind of want to get your your feel as a dad, as a parent, going through that. How you know how you're walking your son through this? Because you know, on social media and in the media's eye, man, Michael handled 
everything so well. Um, he handled it with grace. He handled it with truth. And I was really, really neat to watch. But just wanted to you know, hear your perspective from your point of view, what that situation was like. Yeah, that was probably more trying on me than Micah, if you can believe that. But anyways, I, one of the most critical things we did in following through with Matthew 6.33 is we chose a church for our kids. We, to get, we chose together with our kids a church to go to in the town where they were going to go to college. And if there was no um, like-minded church, then a college was off the list. And so how did Micah make it through? Uh, Micah made it through because he had a local church, um, both in Columbus and in Wisconsin, in Madison, that uh, walked lock step with him. As a matter of fact, he was, we were driving uh, yesterday together to go get some shots up um, at a place that opened up their court to us. And um, he was texting away. And he asked me a spiritual question about Ephesians chapter 5. And I said, who are you texting about Ephesians 5 to? And he goes, oh, uh, my pastor in Madison. And he's kept me, um, he's discipled me uh, weekly ever since I got there, even during quarantine. Uh, so I would say that that relationship with their local church in town kept Micah going, keeps all of our kids going. Um, uh uh, Mike and I have always, by God's grace, developed that transparent, keep your window rolled down kind of relationship, kind of like that Deuteronomy 6 thing, you know, when they when they wake up and they walk by the way, when they lie down uh, and everything in between. Uh, so his relationship with his Lord, uh, his local church pastor there in Madison, his dad, his mom, uh, his local church family back here. Um, I really, I guess I could say, I don't want it to sound cliche, I can't emphasize enough the essential nature of the Lord, his word, and the local church and his people to someone keeping their perspective during a time when something um, unethical is being done to you and it's on a national platform. Um, I mean, Jay Billis is retweeting about this. Um, a lot of high-profile college basketball folks are disappointed uh, for how Micah was treated and so forth. And um, without that close relationship with the Lord, who uh, is the and the indwelling of the Spirit, obviously, that's that great comforter to his heart. And that close organic attachment uh, on those levels we just mentioned, uh, he, he, he doesn't do it. But Micah, Micah owned his faith, and and um, and uh, obviously, you know, the, you know, nothing's. We're not perfect. He's not perfect. There were there were times where he struggled, and uh, he would call his pastor or he would call me, and uh, we were sounding boards to his frustration as a young man, uh, and and we were glad to be that, so that because we always knew that as we listened. And allow him to 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 weep or to cry to to scream on the phone at the frustration of all. Because you got to understand, he's got a lot of buddies he played AAU basketball with in the Adidas Gauntlet. Right, he was Adidas top one hundred in Long Island his uh, his senior year, and he's watching his buddies transfer out of schools and get immediate eligibility all over the country. Yeah, and um, I'm not going to talk about all that, the ethics and the non ethics of all that, but. 
um, it's deep and wide in itself. Uh, so he was frustrated from time to time. And I let, I let him be frustrated. I let him let use me as a sounding board because I trusted him to always come back to his spiritual center and his spiritual priority and, and love him through it. But yeah, yeah well, God, God has given him a platform now because of his good spirit. God's given him a platform literally with thousands by God's grace. And, and he, uh, I, I, we don't have time today to detail all the people throughout Wisconsin and the whole country now that are contacting him and asking him for help uh, through their various struggles and trials. And, and I think that's going to continue God, by God's grace. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's been really neat. You know, I was I had the privilege to kind of be with you guys a little bit along that journey yep. and uh, kind of hear about it and see it firsthand and then see how it was portrayed in the media. And man, it was, again, so cool to see Micah handle it the way he did. But I also know that behind the scenes, like you said, with yourself and his pastor in Madison, um, having having great mentors around him has been huge. Um, but uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. I know I, I took a, you know, a bunch of, of notes from this, just things that I want to apply to myself as a dad. And, and hopefully a lot of other people listening were encouraged by uh, your challenge and, and just a little bit of your journey. But thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Andrew, thank you for your initial interest in Mike. I remember when you came to watch him play in Louisville and um the tremendous respect you had for our decision-making process. You came as a recruiter and, um, and you gave us a tremendous welcome at the school you were at at that time. And, and uh, you ministered to us then, regardless of what our decision was, which took the pressure off of us. You ministered to him in the transfer process. You helped him decide on Wisconsin and um, you were just a tremendous help. So God bless you and, and all that you're doing too. God's got big plans in store for you continually. Well, thanks, Tim. I wish I would have been able to get him to come to the school I was at. That would have been really, a really big help, but I'm glad that uh, it still worked out. So we're, we're excited for his career at Wisconsin and, and uh, really excited for his future as well. So thanks, Tim. You bet, Andrew. God bless you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, you too.